0: relax, buckle in. It's going to be a wild ride. I know those things don't quite go together. Sit back, relax, and buckle in. But it's going to be a lot of fun, and we're going to get the conversation started right now. And as always, don't forget, if you like what you hear, please rate and review our podcast. It is my honor and privilege to bring back onto the line John O'Willowby Lure. We had such a great conversation on the last episode. If you missed that, go back and listen to that. Get yourself caught up. We'll still be here when you get back. But John is an artist, a poet, a musician, an entrepreneur. She's based in Buffalo, New York. Her company is called Papercraft Miracles. She specializes in handcrafted paper art and gifts that bring meaning to people's lives. She's also very involved in the entrepreneurial space. Uh, and it's something that she is very passionate about on top of that. And she's a podcast host. Reach the Reach the Stars podcast is her podcast. It's a collection of conversations with cool people who do cool things. Every week she brings inspiring stories of persistence, passion, and purpose. So you should definitely check that out and everything she's up to at papercraftmiracles.com. That's her website. Go there and also connect with her across social media. As always, you can do that from the show notes. Jonna, welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm super excited to have you. And right out of the gate, let's talk about this because this is super exciting. The first time we talked, you said as immediately following that call, you had something really big, but you couldn't talk about it. Then (laughs) we reconnected today and now you said, hey, I can talk a little bit about it. And that little bit is actually very big. So I'd love you to talk a little bit about what you just did because it's really cool.
1: So we just completed a really big job for twitter.com, which was so exciting for me. And they randomly found me on Google. So if you think getting your SEO in line is not worth it, it's worth it because somebody from Twitter just searched for paper flowers and found found us on Google and emailed me. So we ended up doing a a big, huge order for them of a whole bunch of really unique customized paper flower bouquets that they sent to some of their really, really special VIP people. I am not at liberty to say what what event it was for or who the people are, but uh, it was huge. It was really, really huge for us to be able to do that. And it just makes me really happy to know that the really special things that we made are out in the world like that and are hanging out at the offices and whatever of some really, really influential people. So
0: that's, that's cool. so cool. And the cool thing about what you do too is those. Fl- if if it was flowers, I don't even know if it was, but we'll just if it was paper. It was flowers. flowers. Okay, okay. We, made,
1: we made flowers. So yeah.
0: paper flowers—they're never gonna die.
1: Yeah, never
0: ever. So they're just <laughs> yeah, they're they're lasting forever. They'll be out in in view, and you know I, I know not many people have heard of Twitter, so maybe we should explain. I'm kidding. Everyone is who <laughs> Twitter is. That's the, that's, the, that's big, but uh, so that's awesome, and you know hopefully that'll spread even further, and I'm sure it will when people see how unique your work is, and you'll be you know, doing projects and art pieces for all kinds of different things that'll be out in public view.
1: Yeah. I mean, I would love to be able to do big flower wall installations and big custom projects for, for people who can really afford the effort and the skill that it's going to take for us to do those. And I think that's my, my favorite thing about our, our brand is that as soon as people hear about what we do, they're like, wait, wait, you do what? (laughs) <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, we make paper flowers that are they look so real that you literally have to look twice and then go back and touch them because you're like, no way, there's no way that's made out of paper. And then they touch it and they're like, what? Paper? And that they do last forever as long as you don't, you know, get them wet or directly in the sunlight for years. But yeah, they they just it's so cool.
0: It's so funny you say that because they're they look like real flowers but you don't want to do anything with them that you would do with real flowers. (laughs) Do not water them. Do not put them in the sun.
1: Yeah. You know, but you know, for how many people do you know who are now working at home out of a closet or a bathroom or whatever, you know, they're like, man, I need to like have my office somewhere and, or they're working in a basement or something and they don't have light and they want to some way to kind of liven up their office and you can't, it's not sustainable to get fresh flowers all the time, you know? much as they are great because they grow out of the earth, but like the actual floral business is really kind of nasty for the earth. And so we try to do everything as sustainably as possible. We don't use, um, typical star foam, like floral foam for any of our arrangements or anything like that. We use as many repurposed and upcycled materials, keep things out of the landfill. And you know, most things that are made out of paper are sustainable anyway. So that's awesome. Glad to do that.
0: Yeah. I love it. The thing I want to talk to you about today too, is because you're such you, your story's great because you took something that you've always loved something you're super passionate about and you were able to turn it into a business you were able to turn it into something and it's so unique it's something that I've never seen before and I talk to a lot of people and you know a lot of people have and I was telling you this in between shows a lot of people have this image or they think of the saying the starving artist like mm-hmm. if you're an artist you can do your art and love your art but you better get a real job too. Well you were able to take your art and turn it into a real job. And it's quite a profitable one and you're doing really cool stuff. So I think that's such a great story for people to hear because it tells them if you take what you're passionate about and you're creative and resourceful and you love it enough, you can turn anything into a profitable business that you actually love to do.
1: Yeah. I mean, like I said in the, in the other episode, I really love making paper and I have my whole life things out of paper, collages, et cetera. And when I went to college, After my my first year of college, I took all these random art classes and met with my advisor at the end of the year. And I was like, "So these are all the classes I took. What major am I working toward?" And he's like, "Those are all electives, so nothing." I was like, "Well, like, what am I supposed to do now?" You know,
0: majored in electives. I've a bachelor. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) And
1: and I was like, "But these, you know, what I what I've learned this year so influential on me and and." you know, my advisor was just super great. And instead of saying, you know, you, you suck, you screwed up, you should just start all over again or do something else, major in communications, like everybody does, who doesn't know what they want to do. He said, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I want to make paper and I want to make books and I want to make stuff out of paper. And I want to do that. And I want to do things that make people happy and share with people. And I don't want to be broke. How do I do that? And he said, you should do that as your major. And I looked at him like he was a crazy person. And he's like, yeah, we have a major here called integrative studies. And you can make up your own major and and spend four years doing what you want to do and learn how to, to do what you want to do. Spend, spend your four years at college um, chasing your dream and figuring out a way to, to make that work for you. And so I did. I took um, entrepreneurial business classes and creative art classes and social work classes and merged them all together into one major that I called entrepreneurial creative business arts with a focus on uh, paper and book arts. And throughout my course of study in four years, I came up with the name of my business. I got my domain. I learned how to code because it was a really long time ago. It was like 2003, 2004 when I came up with the name and and built my first website on angel fire back in the day. Um, And I had a little print catalog that I took the photos for and did the layout for that. And, and I did a 25 page business plan with a, a thesis paper and presented it to the board and, Um, It was a lot of work. But, you know, at 19, 20 years old, I mean, I had my dream for my whole life. I had the business, I knew what equipment I would need, I had my financials in order to say, like, if I can do A, B, C, D, and E in this order, um, I can make this business work. And I I started making things for people before I even graduated. And I did it as a side gig for a really long time. um, Because I knew that in order to do what I'm doing right now, I was going to need a significant amount of money to buy papermaking equipment. Um, and I would need a space that is adequate for making paper. I mean, most people don't know what you need to do, but you need to have access to water. You need to be able to get the floor wet. You know, a lot of times people make paper in a basement or a garage or something like that. But I, you know, most basement in a house has like a really low ceiling and stuff like that and is cold and all that. So um, I just did a lot of things for people's weddings and, you know, my friends who were getting married and what I was doing started kind of picking up steam over the years. And Eventually, after I had my first kid, I uh, in 2015, I quit my full time job to stay home with my kid and my husband and I had bought this building um, that we're in right now. We live upstairs and the the downstairs part has commercial spaces and the basement had a perfect basement for making paper. And even though I still didn't have equipment when we bought the building, I was like, you know, someday, someday I'm going to have this equipment. And I had this list of equipment above my desk for years with all the prices. And I was like, okay, as soon as I have saved enough money, this is what I'm going to buy with it. And right after I quit my job, my husband said, stay home and do your book thing. And I was up nursing my baby at like three o'clock in the morning. And I was scrolling around on Instagram because I'd been building my Instagram um, while I was home with the baby. And I just searched for hashtag papermaking to see what other people were doing. And I saw someone in the middle of the night who had posted a thing that was selling used papermaking equipment. And I emailed them immediately and said, this is, you know, my dream. I've been trying to do this for ages. I finally have space and time to do it because I'm not working another job. And, and uh, what you got? And they had every single thing that I had on that list above my desk, like talk about manifesting it, right? Like they had all the things plus a whole bunch of other stuff for a fraction of the cost. It would have been to buy it new. And I said, you know, can I buy all of that for 5,000 bucks? And they were like, totally (laughs) And so my husband went to, flew to Indiana from Buffalo and rented a big truck and loaded it all up and drove it back, brought it into our building, installed it, got the water access and the sinks all set up. And as soon as it was ready to go, I said, take this baby. I'm going to go make paper.
0: <laughs> take this baby. I'm going to go make paper. That's yeah, first time so... anyone's ever said that on my show. It. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it was, it was just so amazing to have this dream in my head of like someday, these are the things I want. And I had my plans in order. And I said, when, you know, when I have space and when we have money and when I have time, this is what I'm going to do. And there's, there's so many people who have that, like someday I'm going to do the thing that I love. And um, I, I think that I want to take this opportunity to just urge everybody that even if you can't do the thing that you love in such a huge full-time capacity, start doing what you love right now on like whatever scale you can do it. If you've got one hour a week, Do the thing that really makes you feel fulfilled and happy. Take that hour and do it. And then, as soon as you get two hours to do it, do it for two hours. Because that's what I did. And you know, I worked full time at a gas station for five years when I graduated college because there was no, I had no social network to to build a business like this. I mean, like Facebook was not out; it was not a thing. Social media was not a thing, really, in in two thousand four when I graduated college. And I had inherited a house; I had a ton of debt, and we were trying to keep our house from falling down, and I had to get a quote-unquote day job, and, and I did that, and it wasn't anything that I loved doing, but um, it, it allowed me to buy art supplies and to take time to do what I really love to do, and it, it picked up steam, and now, you know, I have a team of, of four people who work with me um, fulfilling all these orders that show up that we get with no paid advertising, so um, just... You know, I love that I'll advice, and I think
0: it's a reframing <laughs> job, right? Because I've been in that position a couple times in my life, where you're in transition. There's something you really want to do, or you want to spend more of your time doing, but you have to do something else to allow you to get in the position to do that. And I think mm-hmm. that it a lot of times it can cloud us and make us almost even angry or um, feeling not so good to have to go do things we don't want to do, and it can make us upset. But and here's the that but that positive spin I like to put on things, the, the silver lining. If we go into doing the things we don't want to do knowing I'm doing this so I can do more of what I love to do, this is giving me the means, it can help you be a little more grateful for that opportunity, show up differently to that, and it may cut down the time that you have to do that before you can pivot to the other thing. The second thing I want to mention from your story that's super powerful is you didn't sit around and wait and someday and just kind of m- make these plans in your mind you actually had the plan written out, you knew it was going to happen, and when you have that kind of intention behind something, it's only a matter of time before divine intervention happens.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was it was just so crazy because when I was in college writing my business plan and putting my putting my thesis together and putting my business plan together, I had this kind of vision in my head. I was like, wouldn't it be cool if someday I had this amazing studio space where I could make art and I could hang out with my poet friends and and share with people and have a place that is like the hub for all the creative things I love to do. And I lived above it with my family. Wouldn't that be cool? And we bought this building and like we didn't have immediate plans for me to have my studio space downstairs. I mean, the paper making studio we thought, you know, eventually would happen in the basement. Um, but the building we are in right now is is an old 1890s department store. So the first floor is really amazing. It's like 14 foot high, original tin ceilings, and it's wow. beautiful. And um, we, had a t- we had tenants when we first bought the building and they were all in all the spaces and um, in 2018, right before I won the small business grant, we got a grant from the um, the Main Street organization to do work on our historic building to bring more um, livelihood to our neighborhood. And so we did a ton of work and converted our, our huge, big, the fronting part of the storefront um, into two different spaces. So we could still have one rental space. And I was we had had another baby and we, my office was in our other bedroom upstairs. And I said, okay, well, if the baby's going to have a room, I got to move my office. Why don't we use this grant to make two offices downstairs? And I'll take one of them as my office and the baby will have a bedroom. And I moved my stuff downstairs. And like three weeks after I moved my stuff downstairs, I won this $25,000 grant. And I was like in the perfect space to like utilize that and, and to bring on my first staff member ever. And I, as soon as I moved my stuff into the, the office downstairs, I sat on my, I have a really fun couch in my office. I sat on the couch and I looked at the ceiling and I was like, holy shit, I did it. I did it. Like I have this amazing space and I live above it with my family. Holy crap. It like snuck up on me, but just having that, I don't know. That dream out there and that that manifestation of, you know, just keep that in the back of your mind, but keep working toward it. You can't just like hope for it every day. You have to visualize it and and, like make steps to make that happen. And
0: I think the disconnect a lot of people have is they have this idea of what they would like their life to look like but they don't really believe that it's going to happen or that it's possible, so that it becomes more of a wish than an actual intention. Like From Mm -hmm. what I hear you doing, you had this intention. You actually made plans for it because you expected it to happen, and you knew it was Mm going to eventually happen, and I think that expedited your process where a lot of people say, wouldn't it be cool if I could do this, but that's probably never going to happen. Nothing ever works out for me, or this is just so outside the box, but it would be cool if it did. But we'll yeah. just, you know, and then they'll think about it from time to time, daydream on it, but they don't make the plans because they don't think it's probable. And, yeah. you know, so I think that's the, di- it's the difference between possible and probable. Anything's possible, but is it probable? And if you think it's probable and you think that you're capable of it and you think it could really potentially happen, it will. But if you're so no, not, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to guarantee you that it'll happen because people come back to me and be like, hey, you said this.
1: Yeah, <laughs> cancers are
0: very good. It'll happen if you have persistence and you have passion and you don't give up. But if you yeah. don't really believe it, if you just say it and you don't do the internal work to really believe it, then it's still going to always be a wish. It's always going to be that someday that you were talking about.
1: Yeah. And it's like, I know that it sounds really corny to like make vision boards, but like make vision boards and put them up in your whatever space you have. Like if you have you know, a little craft room in the corner of the basement. And that's the only spot you have make a vision board, put it there, the things that you want to see someday, like the things you want to come to fruition, put them there and look at them all the time and be inspired by it. I mean, I have three vision boards right next to my desk, and I look at them every day. And it's like, you know, it's most people's vision boards have like, I want that sweet house or that sweet car, whatever. But mine always says, like, I want to have more time to do the things that I really love to do. And, you know, every time that I'm, dicking around on Facebook, I look at the thing, I'm like, I should be doing something better than that right now. <laughs> and I'm I'm never, ever, ever bored. I mean, people who tell me that they're bored, I'm like, who are you? How do you what? I never have enough hours in the day to do all the fun things that I have in my mind. And, you know, anybody who who sits around and is bored, I'm like, how do you how do you do that? I can't. <laughs>
0: I agree. It's a crazy world sometimes. <laughs> John Willoughby Lord, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for keeping it fun. It was definitely not boring the last couple of shows. Uh, I want to remind <laughs> people to visit you, papercraftmiracles.com, and they can also, while they're there, not only see what you're up to and see all the cool stuff you make, but subscribe to your podcast reach the stars podcast so they can go there and subscribe to that and hear you on the weekly talking about great stories with great people and having a lot of fun doing it thank you so much for being here let's definitely do this again soon
1: definitely thanks for having me